Hey guys, welcome to Overcrest. I'm Chris. And I'm Jake. And we have an awesome episode here. Yes, we, we do. Have, we have a full like gamut of things to talk about today. So we have Chris. I'm furious about something. Which you won't tell me yet. Which I won't tell you. This is this is the epitome of our relationship is like we can't talk off mic. That's right. Because you're like, we got to leave the good content for the podcast. That's right. So, so, we, so we don't talk about anything else. <laughs> That's why I say we have to go. We have to travel. We have to do some things together where we're actually creating the thing that we're going to talk about together. And I think we need to do that. Also, okay. later anyways. on the episode, we've got Jeff Brown. He's the marketing and sales manager for Grios. And uh, I asked him, like, what do you do there? He's like, this is what I do. I'm like, you're kind of like a scientist, though. Every time I talk to him, <laughs> he's like, hey, I got this new scent. I've got this new product. I've got all these different things like that he's trying out in the in the, uh, in the in the garage there. He's got all kinds of products. Okay. It's, it's really cool. So uh, I really like talking to Jeff. He's going to come in. We're going to talk about his history um, with uh, with Grios and McGuire's and, and even before that. Um, he's total so savant. he's a detailer extraordinaire. He is, is that appropriate? He is a detailing savant, in my opinion. Okay. And I think that, you know, it's almost to the point of like a neurosis, you know, because okay. he's so, so, so particular <laughs> and so careful. And it's it's like anytime he sees my car and it's dirty, he's like, Chris, that thing's really, really dirty. The rain man of cleaning cars. The rain man of cleaning cars. That's a good way of putting it. So we're going to learn some stuff about uh, griots. We're going to talk about some core basics of what uh, amateurs like us fuck up when we're doing it. We're we, uh, also going to take some listener questions for for Jeff. Okay. Some stuff I post up on social media. Get some questions answered, some basics, maybe some more advanced stuff. I like And it. talk about detailing in general. So I don't know the last time I waxed one of my cars. Yeah, he's not going to like hearing that. He's not going to like hearing that at all. We also, um, beyond those listener questions, we have some listener voicemails as sure. well. Be sure to call in and leave us a voicemail. 612-508. You're really struggling right now. Zero B-E-L. <laughs> 612-L-U-G-0-B-E-L. That's how I remember the number. Okay. That's, or it's on, it our web, it's on our website, too. That's wonderful. We have nice some uh, exciting news as well. And before we get to any of that, let's talk a little bit about what's been going on with us. Okay. So I went to... Is this the story? This is the story. Okay. I'm so angry. And you're. this is like... I. I hope that you're furious with me, right? I hope that you are also angry for me. So, you know, I've been trying to sell the Tahoe right. since November. Right. And Which, how long have you owned it? Since November. <laughs> right. <laughs> so why did you buy a Tahoe? I don't know. Okay. Because okay. Well, we, we went through this before. I didn't like the golf. It was making a noise. And they said they wanted like, and it, if they... It made a noise inside the dash, which was annoying. I could hear it over the right. sound of the radio, right? Okay. Okay. So then they, they're they like, well, we can take the dash apart, right. but if it's not our fault and it's not under warranty, you're going to be responsible for the repairs. I'm like, well, how much is that going to be? Like it's going to be $1,200. No, it's going to be about $2,000. Yeah. And I'm like, holy shit. So I'm not, I'm like, I'm, like, I'm done. Yep. This thing pisses me off. The paint was absolutely effed. The paint was so bad. So okay. bad. It was really, 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 really bad. And then the the dealership was like, "Oh, I take it to this guy. He's our he's our detailer guy. He details all our cars." And that was free. So I'm like, "Okay, I'll take it yeah. over there." The guy royally screwed the car up. <laughs> the scratches were still there, and then it looked like a like a like a basketball card from like 1996. You know the holograms? <laughs> yeah. It looked like that. It was so bad. It was so okay. so bad. And okay. I'm like, so dude, you got rid of the golf. Got rid of the golf. And you were just looking something to like trade to. At the I point. wanted to trade. You wanted something. to get out. Yeah, I wanted to get out into something that I thought. Interesting movie. Did you see Get Out? I did not. Okay. Anyways, so you I wanted. wanted to I wanted. Get to, out. I wanted to get out into something that I thought I could sell if I needed to to make some money and the book value on my golf was like 14 and i got the tahoe for 
basically even trade. Okay. And I looked at the book value of the Tahoe and it was like 18 grand. You're like, win. I'm like, this is great. This is perfect. I can sell so it for 18 grand. How's I'm, the selling process going then? On very poorly. As everybody dollars. knows, it's a bunch of bullshit and idiots calling me up. Hey, will you trade me your chainsaw plus my ice shanty plus my ATV for your t- No, no. Will you do a loan? No. Is it available? 200,000 times. But Chris, People but are taking Chris, an online census on. of whether I still have it or not. What? Chris, I will give you 12,000, but hold on. It's cash. <laughs> yes, I've gotten that. And I, I had that from somebody. As opposed 12, to cash. I'm cheeseburgers? Like, I'm like, dude, look, it's 12,000 cash. The trade-in value is at a shitty truck. The trade-in value is 13,000. Okay, that's like when you go and you look up the values, it has the little sweeping range of this one has problems. This one's really nice. It's 3,000 to 6,000 or 13,000 to 16,000 is the range for my Tahoe with the mileage it has, with the options it has. How about this, Chris? I personally will give you $19,000 right now with a check. No, because (laughs) no. Well, knowing that, knowing your financial situation, yes, Um, but no. So anyway, okay, so here I am. In November, yeah, Fury Motors, uh, Fury Chrysler Dodge Jeep. Where is Fury? Is that the one down by my place? No, it's in Stillwater. Stillwater, okay. So, so Fury Motors, Chrysler Dodge Jeep. I know exactly the one. Yep. They called me. They said, hey, we're looking for Tahoes. And I'm like, okay, here we go. Right? Yep. Damn, here we go. They want my Tahoe. I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to sell it. They're like, well, what do you owe on it? I said, I owe $15,600 on it. Okay. They're like, oh, well, we could probably give you that. I'm like, well, that's, you know, that's kind of in the trade and value range. But at the time I was asking $18,000. Sure. So I'm like, well, I'm not going to sell it. You know, I'm not going to give it to you for 15,600 book value and in good conditions, 18, 17, 18. I'm going to go. I just started trying to sell it. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I'm not just going to give up on it now. But two months later, I'm like, like, oh, I'm like, okay, I've already made a couple car payments. This, you know, it's starting to get heavy. I don't really want it anymore. So okay. I call him up. I'm like, hey, can you still do this? Can yep. you still do the 15,600? They're like, it's nice, right? I'm like, and the only reason they're like, well, we really have to see it to give yeah. you a value. I'm like, I understand. 100%. But here's the deal. I live, I'm like an hour away. I'm an hour away. I need to have like some sort. They're like, if it's nice, we have no problem giving you that. Okay. Is my truck nice? Yes, it is. It's a very nice truck. There's no rust. Ugly I, wheels. Those are bad factory wheels. They are the desired wheels. Though. Are they though? They're the chrome 20-inch wheels. Everybody okay. likes those wheels. Sure. That's what you okay. want. Thing looks like an FBI vehicle. It's very nice. Okay, so that's a weird description, but yes, it does. Nice. It's a black yeah, SUV got with the black chrome wheels, the tint, everything. So it's 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 a really nice truck. It needs mm-hmm. nothing. There's no clunks. There's no bonks. Everything works. And the interior is mint. It's very nice. Good. I just I want to get everybody to get it across that this is a very nice truck. And yes. This is some foreshadowing. I'm assuming you're but starting yeah, to understand no, what's going I'm, on. I'm understanding. So I get I. They're like, yeah, come, come on, bring it down. If it's really nice, sometimes we give people even more. Ooh, there I'm you like, go. Oh, this sounds great. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? I can finally get out of this thing. I don't. I'm, I my car payments due. Sure. I'm like, I can get out of it now and not make this car payment. And, and that's like making another $300, not having to make that car payment sure. now in a way. You know, obviously, I it's gotcha. the same amount of money either yeah. way because I have to pay it out. Either I pay that money now or later. But so I hop in the truck. Mm-hmm. I say, wife, go drive the car- the kids over to grandma and grandpa's house. Meet me in Stillwater. So she's got to drive an hour and a half out to the grandparents' oh, so house. So you're already like. I'm, d- I'm, le- I'm like, if they'll give me this, I'm done. You're counting all those eggs and you have the chicken here. I'm counting all the eggs, got the chicken. <laughs> so I drive down there. They're like, hey, oh, I, first of all, they're like, yep, you've got an appointment with at five with Ryan. Ryan. Okay? So I walk in. I'm like, hey, I, I've got an appointment to see Ryan. Is he available? And they go, you mean she? 
I'm like, well, yeah, sure. She, whatever, Ryan, the person, I need to have an appointment. She's like, let me call her. I'm like, okay. So they pick up the phone, they call her right. and they go, Hey, Chris is here to see you. And apparently she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Right. So they didn't have any clue. Cool. So they go in there, they take me keys, they go and they inspect the truck. Yep. This Ryan lady's fine. She's nice. Okay. So I'm sitting there watching Science Channel, watching everything. There's a documentary about black holes around, watching everything get sucked into a black hole. Right. So I'm just like, I'm like, oh, here we go. So I'm sitting there watching everything get sucked into a black hole. And this Ryan chick comes up next to me. She goes, Well, we have an offer for you. I'm like, okay, great. She slides a piece of paper over. Oh God. Thirteen thousand dollars. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Are you kidding? She goes, Well, I don't know what you talked about on the phone. I'm like, hey, I do. I know what we talked about on the phone. Do you know why I know what we talked about on the phone? Wow. Because I was on the phone. I was uh, the other party of that phone call. So I was there. Who was on the phone? Some other lady. Some other one. Well, we'll have to have a talk with her. Right. We'll have to have a talk and see, you know, what I'm like. I know what she said. Okay. I'm not a dishonest person. This is what I was told. She's like, well, I'm really sorry. Let me see what I can do. She goes back, does a few things. Comes back. Three. 13 six she came up 16 i'm like i'm like look 13 six is almost the bottom of the barrel right for the trade-in value this vehicle is really nice she's like well it does have a squeaky door hinge which <laughs> which can lead to failure and there's some there's some rust underneath the hood and i'm like oh and there's and she's like we pulled the car fax there's two accidents on it so i'm like okay i didn't really know that but yeah. i'm like okay well maybe someone i looked at the carfax one accident says ran into a car in a parking lot so which is like yeah you know but it's for me it's not enough for it to have a two thousand eight hundred dollar no two thousand six hundred dollar discrepancy and so we're like we're like way off way off on price right so basically she looks at me she's like are you in or i'm like no i'm not in and she sticks, she's like, well, I'm sorry we couldn't work something out. She stuck her hand out to shake my hand. Yeah. I go, I'm not shaking your hand. We didn't do a deal. Yeah. This was a bait and switch. Basically, what I think they wanted to do is either prey on me because I had a loan okay. and they wanted to try and get it for a song. She even goes, well, we can only get about 18000 for this thing. So I'm like, you're trying to get $5,000 out of this truck, which is almost a, almost, what is that, like a 35 or 40% return on your investment for a truck that needs nothing. You can turn around and put it on the lot tomorrow because it doesn't need a thing. Nothing. It needs nothing. Well, Chris, in their defense, they need to lube that door hinge. I lubed it when I got home and it doesn't squeak anymore. (laughs) So I went out and I popped the hood and I'm looking for this rust with my phone in the parking lot. And it's like this rust on like the the structural support of the hood. Mm -hmm. Come on. Give me a break. So would you say you were upset about this situation? I was upset. I was, I was, so here's what I did. I don't normally do this. Oh, geez. Okay. So as I'm walking out, I'm like, I'm going to talk about this on my podcast. She's like, oh, well, don't be rash. I'm like, no, I'm going to talk about this on the podcast. And I'm also going to leave some reviews. She's like, oh, just wait, 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 you know, wait till tomorrow. Maybe we can come up with a better offer. Okay. Right. Tomorrow comes no call. Yeah. I typed up like a 500 word review and posted it. Everywhere I could think of. <laughs> well, I typed it up once and then I gave it to Jess to post everywhere because I was so furious about it. Yeah. It's like this. The funny thing is it's, it's a really nice dealership. You go in. It's all brand new. Yeah. It's super flashy. You know, it's like meeting a girl that's really attractive, but you talk to her for like five minutes and she's a total bitch. Right. And, but, you, but you still almost kind of want to talk I'm, to her a little bit. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and how was Ryan? Was she also attractive and flashy i am not going to comment i'm not going to comment on her personal appearance i just it's like i'm you know what the classic bait and switch i'm not surprised i'm sorry to say i'm not surprised i i have 
I am because I have high expectations of the human beings that I'm going to deal with. I have low and expectations I'm, of and car dealerships. I'm very, especially very disappointed. On used vehicles. You would think that that would be like Bob's auto sales on like Highway 55. Sometimes I think the big dealerships are worse. That's what I was going to say because yes. you have the guy on the little small dealerships. They're sole proprietors. They rely on referrals and everything else. They're the only guys there. Maybe they got two sales guys. Right. Exactly. So they're they the are, ones making the. So these other people just do whatever they can and make as much money as they can. And, you know, I'm not against making money, but man, was I angry. So here's my question. What's that? Do I have a right to be upset? Yeah, I think so. Um, I would have gone in with different expectations than you, I think. But they said, yeah, we can do that. On the phone, they said, yeah, 15,600 is not a problem. You know what? This is great. Learning experience for our listeners. Get an email in writing. Who is this? I need to talk to you about this. Give them the email. This is it. Great. That's probably a good idea. And no, then I get just... the, bring the Carfax in writing as well. Say, this is where we're at with the vehicle. Three hours of my life wasted. It's just, you know, I'm busy. My wife took the kids somewhere. It's like that was I wouldn't have done that the, because writing up the deal would have taken an hour anyways. Yeah, but this she left way after me. Okay. I mean, she was going to get there like two hours after okay. I got there. Anyway, anyways, I know, I know, I know. I'm it. playing devil's advocate that's as it. I sometimes do. I've been called angel's advocate, you know, Chris. Yeah, not by me. <laughs> all right, so so what's going on in your world? That's that's all I've got. <laughs> yeah, I got a few things going oh, on. Oh, I did uh, order a. Uh, I got the insurance claim on my front bumper on my 911, and I decided to go with a steel bumper Ooh. for the front of my 911 instead of a fiberglass bumper. So then and I know bend instead of crack. Yeah, it, well, it'll be a little more durable, I think, because I keep like I'll hit something and it just like just shatters the bumper. It just right. shatters it. So you have my rear bumper, right? My fiberglass rear bumper. Right. I'm going to give you nice. my fiberglass front bumper, and we're going to repair it together. Yes. And that way, you can have a matching front and rear bumper. They're both blue that don't actually match. <laughs> yes. Well, we have to do some repairs on the on the I other know. one. So, I know. So then you'll have that'll some, be good. Yeah, that'll be very good. Thank so you. what else has been going on with you? Uh, my wheels finally came from 1552. I have the 1552 Outlaw. That's right. 001s for the Porsche 911. They look beautiful. I posted them on our Instagram. They as do well look, as my own. They do look pretty. I'm I'm very happy with them. Yeah. There was it was there was a couple hiccups getting them, but I'm excited now that they're here. I have the tires already sitting over there, ready to be. Did you hold them up to the car? Like, did you set them next to the car and kind of like get on your hands and knees and kind of try and look at them and put I, a block of wood under I, the? I, I didn't jack them up. I know I was going to do that. So I, yeah, I, I did put them on because I kind of have the extended lugs and they yeah, look yeah. awesome, right? Yep. But I have the car already up on jacks because it's working on some suspension stuff. Yeah. I'm not going to drive it in a few months anyways. Right. So I was like, well, I'm not going to lower it down on blocks and do all that. Right. So I can't really visualize it. Okay. Well, that's cool. But I do have some very meaty tires that are going on there. Some meaty tires. That's good to hear. And you yep. got some new motor mounts too from Wevo, right? Yes, I did. So did you, are you going to do all four? Or are you just going to do? I did the two first and I need to look at what the transmission ones look like. They're the same. I know they're the same, but I wanted to see the condition. They're toast. <laughs> <laughs> Thank I'm you just for your kidding. optimism. Just judging by everything else that we've gone through on that car, they're yeah, toast. I might do the like, so the Wevos are kind of the more performance oriented. I might yep. just do stock ones on the trans. That's what I did too. Well, I did the club sport mounts, okay. which are in the middle. So you've got the regular mounts, you've got club sport, and then you've got the, basically the poly pillow mounts that sure. you have. Yep. I did a compromise between the two and I really wish I just would have stuck with all the Weevil ones. So, oh, really? Yeah, just okay. buy them. I'll just it, it's that. not like out of control vibrations and the that's what I'd really be dry. worried about. Yep, that's what I would do is just get those. So I just I had to say that because, you know, I like doing the fun, shiny stuff. They are shiny on my car. But here's the deal. They're also very, very functional. 
Okay. Which some of the stuff you like is completely not functional. It's completely <laughs> it's completely stupid. Like moving one thing from one place to another is not productive, but replacing your motor mounts yeah. with something that helps your shifting and your driving experience is great. Having a bunch of shit with holes in it underneath your feet, yeah. not so much. Not so much. Okay. Um, also, my wife, as people know, daily drives an RS4. Yep. And I don't think they knew that, but oh, they do okay. now. My wife daily drives an RS4. And well, well, people know I have an RS4. Yeah, but that's my wife's. Daily. Maybe what they didn't know is that it's your wife's car. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I mean yeah, we yeah. share it, right? Yeah. But that's usually her daily, and I daily the truck. Um, but so she's like, yeah, there's kind of some like weird squeaking or groaning, and so I was driving it, and it's intermittent. It's more when it's cold, so yeah. it's like, well, it's obviously a bushing of some sort. Sure. And so I go to look, you know, I do like the test in the garage, and I try to move the suspension, articulate everything, yep. and I can't tell because it's a heated garage. I was like. Okay, this is gonna you be need hard to really to get it up on a hoist with a I hoist know. with a pry bar so you right. can see the bushings move. So then I started to look at it. What is with that suspension design? It's, there are like fifty-seven ball joints on one corner. There, it's very. It's complicated. the most complex suspension design I've ever seen. It is. It is ridiculous. out of control. Yeah, it is ridiculous. Like a how many control arms are there? Do you think there's like five <laughs> at least just per corner? Oh, because, I was gonna say five. Let's go with an even number since there's two wheels. <laughs> yeah no okay Five well then there's side. like okay. 10 per yeah okay no because like uh, you can look it up it's stupid to describe it but there's a ball joint on every end of every like linkage and there's like two so linkage arms where it should be just a regular a arm you know yeah, on yeah, the yeah. top those are two separate linkage articulating arms and then the bottom again should be a regular a arm those are two separate articulating to be, arms to be fair you own what, what could be considered a top of the line audi i mean this is like sure they're why already not, convoluted why not Simple because simplicity they're, because they're pushing the envelope of what can be possible with an RS4. When the RS4 came out, yeah. when any RS, anything RS4, right. or, you know, all, whenever those came out, they're supposed to be we're pushing the the envelope of what's possible with the technology that we know. Right. So they put everything that they can in there to build the cream of the crop car, and that's what you have. Sure. So you can't possibly be bitching about this. Oh, okay. Let's look at what is like the most technologically advanced, like the cutting edge vehicle F1. Right. Right. What does an F1 front suspension look like? An F1 Two carbon fiber A arms with a remote, what do you call it, push rod setup. You're, that is so much more simple than what I'm dealing with. An F1 car, your wife would not like to drive to the doctor's office because it would not be comfortable. There would be no <laughs> suspension travel. There, uh, the, your RS4 had to have compromise. I know it does. So that's where the difference lies is the compromise. But anyways... I don't look forward to figuring out what ball joint that is. Just take vehicle. it somewhere and have someone do it. Take okay. it to Chad. I, he'll I throw will. it up on the hoist and he'll just I, get I've it done. I've mentioned that to you and I probably will yeah, do that. Yeah, that's the way to do it. So, yeah, that's what's going on with me. All right. Well, before we have Jeff in here, he's coming in in a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about our get together that we're going to have next weekend. Yes. We're showing the movie The Last Chase. <laughs> Which is awesome and looks terrible. It looks amazing and terrible all at the same time. So if you're in the <laughs> Twin Cities, look us up on Facebook. You can see that we're going to have a, a movie showing of The Last Chase, which is basically the last car on earth ever and it's from what 1981 it's early yeah it's old and it's being chased by a, a fighter plane throughout right. the whole movie so and it's and then the car is a nine portion 917 10 but i think it's probably mounted like with a small block chevy on like some other thing but who cares who gives a <laughs> shit it's gonna be awesome it's gonna be great um also head on to patreon.com slash overcrest you're gonna be able to get an exclusive episode at the end of this month or beginning of february we're gonna start doing exclusive episodes Content. for you guys so yes. there's going to be episodes that you can only get 
by being a Patreon member. So that's patreon.com slash overcrest. Five bucks a month gets you access to that episode. Ten bucks a month gets you access to the episode and a t-shirt and whatever prints I have left over. So I ordered some prints. So I'm going to send some prints along with those as well. So head on over patreon.com slash overcrest. It's very easy. Yep. I'm working on some other goodies and giveaways. That yeah, working with I look, some partnerships. Top too. secret, top um, secret partnerships. So yep. I was just going to say, if you have a Patreon, we might give some of those away to our Patreon as well. Yeah, that a, would be a that's a really, really good idea. So um, if you like this podcast, your friends will too. spread the word. Don't be selfish. Um, and on that absolutely. note, we're going to be right back with Jeff. Welcome to the studio, Jeff. How's it going, man? Hey Chris, uh, it's going great, man. I'm, it's uh, my pleasure to be here. You know, when I when we were doing the sound checks and stuff like that, when you were talking on the mic, I'm like, boy, he sounds way better than I do. But then I thought to myself, everybody sounds way better than I do. Um, it's great to have you here. I always have detailing questions, and we put some um, put some questions out to our listeners about what they want to ask you. We're going to get into that a little later. But before we do, I had a question for you. Um, I wanted to find out when you realized that you had a problem. Because every time, <laughs> every time I'm around you, you're like everything, like all your cars are like perfect. Like your GTI looks brand new, even though it's not. And your truck is like immaculate and it's insane. But there must have been a moment where you're like, OK, I got to clean this car. Was there like a moment where that really picked up for you where you realized that you wanted to do this? Oh, man. When my uh, my dad gave me a, a little pedal car back in the day, you know, he he had a whole cabinet full of car care stuff, products from all over the place. And. I think that's where it all began, trying to emulate my dad. So it came from your father. Without a question. Right on. So how did you get into detailing? When did that start? Jeez, uh, man. We just got out of high school, and uh, my one of my best friends, he, uh, he ended up getting a gig over at uh, Burnsville Volkswagen and uh, down here in, in Minneapolis suburbs, and he gave me a shout and said, hey, man, come on down. I think uh, they might give you a, a hire for, for doing lot lot maintenance and, and detailing so were you doing like detailing on the side at the time or were you just like yeah job great oh yeah we we well actually the i think our little down to details business came after after the experience that we obtained at volkswagen so we started doing that on the you know is at, down with details is that like a little business that you had at the time yeah or? yeah it wasn't anything major or formal we did make a flyer though was, you had a flyer it was, <laughs> it was it was full color too and you didn't so, so was, that's why you're the marketing manager now for oh yeah, videos, right? yeah they I'm saw that cl- flyer I'm, I'm classically trained from way back so um how did you know when this was going to be a career because even then back in the day you're young you're working at burnsville you got a little thing was there like a moment where you're like this is it i'm going to do this for the rest of my life well, Chris, I think uh, it kind of came to me. You know, I got a phone call from my dad one day. I was laying in my bunk at uh, my, uh, I was over at University of Wisconsin and I was laying in my bunk wondering, what the hell am I going to do with my life? And I kid you not, my dad calls me and says, hey, uh, this car wax company you might be familiar with uh, is looking to hire a, a manufacturer's rep to run the Midwest and you might want to throw your resume in. And I thought, there's no chance in heck that I'd, you know, they'd be interested in me. I'm not even out of college yet. So. Right. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of where it all began. And what company was this? Ah, it's a little company called Meguiar's. Yeah, yeah. we've heard of, we've heard of that one before. Yeah, yeah. So how did you go up from being like a local rep to what did you end up doing with Meguiar's? What was what yeah. ended up happening? Well, I mean, I started when I was 21. Um, shoot, I think it was actually 20, and. Uh, you know, they wouldn't even rent me a car when I went to uh, to another city. I had to have like all this special pre um, pre work done for me to even get a car. So, <laughs> yeah, man, I ran like fifty thousand miles, I think, uh, the first year in '95, and uh, ran Dakotas and Minnesota, and 
And, uh, you know, one thing I learned real quick was you go in to talk to some painter uh, at an auto body, you know, refinish shop. And this guy has been polishing cars for longer than you've been around. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Yeah. And he, uh, he looks at you like, what do you know, kid? (laughs) Completely dismisses you. And, uh, I learned real hard and fast that, uh, you had to know what you were talking about, not just know, but be able to demonstrate it. So how did you go from being like a guy that details cars and to guy that really knows? Because you, when I talk to you, you know everything. I mean, you know, how do you get that? Like, how did you get from A to B there? Well, I'd say that, uh, I'm a slow learner, (laughs) but now I, I think over the years, it's just, uh, the, it's a continuous pursuit of perfection and I don't ever, you know, it's just part of my nature. I don't rest on my laurels. So it's just continuous learning and, and being open to other people's ideas. I mean, imagine in the 17 years I was on the road calling on painters who polished, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of cars, detailers that do, you know, as many as, you know, a couple hundred cars a day at auto auctions. Like you learn from people and um, just take every little snippet of that information and discard, you know, a good majority of it. <laughs> right, right. I didn't say that, but, uh, and, and hold on to what works and, and it just all amassed to what, I guess, whatever I know now. So, so how did you end up getting hooked up with griots? Uh, you know, I, I, I made a decision, my family, just a roundabout story. We lived in California for the good majority of the time, uh, at McGuire's and, uh, that was a great experience, but, uh, decided to leave and, we, I took a job back here that was just, it was, you know, it was part of the business or the industry, but it was just not something that I was passionate about. Um, I didn't get up in the morning with enthusiasm for what I was doing. And that, that to me, I wasn't used to that. I mean, sure. I've, I've only had really one true job and that entire time it was just all fun. You know, sure. you're surrounded by cars, you're surrounded by just uh, everybody that, you know, is passionate about, I mean, who doesn't like a shiny car? Yeah, everybody. <laughs> Unless you're well, me, I really like a dirty car because that means you're yeah. using the thing. So yeah, I'm, I'm well, really into that. Yeah, I, it I, is. I wasn't going to go there, Jay. <laughs> it, it, it definitely brings me a, a small level of anxiety when I do see Chris's cars. <laughs> but uh, don't look at mine either, then, Jeff. Yeah. So to answer your question, you know, I took from from that two year experience, that hiatus from the wax business, and and uh, just just took a look out there for what was going on and. You know, Grio's caught my eye, and next thing you know, I'm meeting with uh, Richard Grio, Nick Grio, his son, and uh, some other uh, people at Grio's, and 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 uh, flew out to to Seattle and Tacoma, and we're we're sitting down for an interview. And here we go. And, and there's a story I have to share. Yeah, let's have it. Go ahead. You got something, Jay? I was going to ask a little bit about those who may not know Grios or just know like yeah. they've seen a bottle of Grios at the auto parts store. Yeah. What, what really is Grios? Where are they from? What sets them apart? Sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, Richard Grio is uh, is the founder. He started it back in uh, 89, 90. And he really started out of his garage, much like many other businesses that have, have come uh, to the forefront. And he, he, put together a flyer, went to Pebble Beach and and threw out this flyer like, hey, what, you know, would you be interested in these these really cool garage products? And this guy would fly all over the world uh, looking for, you know, Usog tools and Facom and stuff that's being used in F1 because that's hmm. he's very passionate about racing. And so he would look for all these really, I, I like to call them things with specialness. I don't even think it's a word, but that they're rare this day and age, right? Sure. You can find anything on, on uh, online and... Uh, Back then, 
internet didn't wasn't around. Right, right. So he would he would send out these beautiful uh, table. What do you call those coffee table books basically of catalogs highlighting all of his products and it just evolved from there so hmm. um I, I don't know how much more you now, to, now to be fair i mean yeah, yeah. when you started the company he didn't really need the money you know i mean this was well i i, I can't speak for that i i can well i mean yeah. when so he <laughs> used to have a used to have a trucking company and then he sold that and then he started griots and the entire the, the tagline for griots is have fun in your garage right yeah. And that's, yeah, I mean, that's what hmm. they, that's what they're, I like that. yeah, it's have fun in your garage. So it's, it's, uh, I, I like what the company, what the company stands well, for. And they are, they are kind of renowned as like the high end detail product. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Richard, you know, Richard's, he's a unique character. I, I gotta be careful what I say, but, uh, <laughs> it, and in a lot of ways I, I look at him and I, I think of like, he reminds me of myself not to be, you know, introspective, but he, He's just, he's crazy. If it, if it's something he wants to do, he'll, he'll just do it. And, uh, he's, he's super passionate. I've not met too many people that passionate in my life. And, and, uh, we, he and I can get into a lot of trouble. That's why they kind of put us on opposite <laughs> ends of the, the meeting rooms. These so days. tell us about the, the meeting that you were going to mention when you first started working there. It sounded like you had a story to tell. Oh man, it was, it was crazy. I'll never forget it. Uh, we, they flew me in and, uh, you know, I walk in and this place, I walk up to this building and, and I, as I drove up, I, I kid you not, I had this, just this feeling of just passion, like overcome me. Like I actually got emotional people that know me. I'm, you know, I tend to get a little emotional. So I just knew like the second I saw that place that this is, this is my home. And, uh, you know, I got in there and met all the people, pleasantries and so forth. And then Richard says, well, let, let's go back to my office. And then my anxiety, you know, I saw, she's what, what do I, you know, what's going to be asked of me? And, uh, I, I, he opens the, one of the red, you know, high gloss, finely polished doors. And, and within a second of me stepping into what is his, his garage, they fire off Nikki Lauda's 312T Ferrari. <laughs> I mean, literally, it's like it's turning over as I walk in there. And the chills that like overcame my body like was just it, it just stopped me in my tracks. Yeah, that must have just been. I mean, <laughs> that car, it, there's I think, what, three of them in the, the 76 vintage. It's just it was unbelievable just hearing that Ferrari come to life. And he's like, ah, no, so we're just, he's just like, <laughs> you know, ah, that, that happens here every day. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you've, you've had me at hello. Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Where do I sign the line? You don't even have to pay me. Don't tell him <laughs> that though. <laughs> you know, he, he always reminds me I have the greatest job in the world that, uh, I don't know about that, but it's, it's a lot of fun. So yeah, we just went from there and, and, uh, had, had some discussions about, you know, working there. So know. now that you've worked there for a while, what, and even before you worked there, what are some of the, the craziest details that you've done? Um, I, there's one that you mentioned to me that happened in Washington sometime around the time that the inauguration may or may not happened on a fleet of may or may not be black vehicles. What was that like? <laughs> Well, that truly it is a it is a discussion point that we got to be smart about because they are listening potentially. Um, but uh, a good friend of mine who who also works for us at Grios, he's had a longstanding relationship with an organization and um, a few background checks, perhaps, and, and some other some other pleasantries. Uh, we ended up uh, having a hand in in making many many. Well, let's just say the most black paint I've ever polished in my life. How many uh, vehicles did you have to do? 
Well, co- truly, confidentially, I'm not at liberty to okay. say. But there, there were it was a, a high, lot. high volume. <laughs> it was, it was, uh, it was nonstop, relentless work. But uh, mm. the, to take them from where they were at, because these things, you know, are they're they're not show vehicles. They're, right. They're there for they're a reason. So. And they're they're custom vehicles, so they've been painted maybe yeah. well, maybe not so well. No, they're they're all. They're all top notch. They were, huh? They, they were, were, but not, you know. <laughs> yeah, they're not Jeff top notch, which yeah, is that's which whole, is the impossible impossible level to uh, to uh, to get to. They, um, <laughs> so, um, tell us a little bit about uh, your meeting with uh, Malcolm Prey and and what kind of went down there and who's he and how did that go? Yeah, man, we uh, with Grios, we we much like a lot of other companies, we we take our wares to different special events throughout the country. And one that's been in my hometown um, when I lived in California is Pleasanton, California, and um, is a good guys uh, nationals. And it's it's like one of the biggest hot rod, street rod shows uh, in the country. And we, you know, you, you know people from over the years of living there. And some of my friends had linked me up with this crazy cat named, uh, yeah, you heard the name. So he, he this guy... He, uh, he pulls up this uh, this Studebaker that's a it's a Woody and just I couldn't even do it justice all the details that have gone into this car but he's just like hey I'm like hey would you would you be open to me working on the car as it's as it resides in the booth and and um, yeah yeah no problem just have at it and so I mean the that's the crazy thing is that the level of trust that people instill in us to just you know work on cars that are you know over a million to 7 million to whatever it's kind of they're just priceless at that point yeah do you feel any pressure is it like oh man you know i'm gonna just i'm gonna be taking paint off of this thing (laughs) that's like and i'll I'll, i don't want to sound precocious or whatever the word is i i tell you this that uh, in the early days yeah i would be terrified i can remember when i burnt the pinstripe off this cadillac at a dealership and i was mortified <laughs> i can remember when i burnt uh burnt paint on a casket that was literally going to the mortuary oh. within 30 minutes of me polishing <laughs> on it i'm not kidding who wait a second wait a second yeah, yeah true, when true did you who polishes their casket is that like something you have in your will do you go oh hey, yeah i want to have my just make sure it's that shiny. the guy just polishes it Make sure he uses the Grios product too. Uh-huh. Yeah, I might write a process for that guy. You know, when uh, when, when the time comes. Do you want? Do you want, do you want that? You want your? I should write that in my will. You're, that's a good suggestion. This, there you this go. This is too morbid. All right, <laughs> but yeah, man, talk about stress. Like it's 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 ready to go on the truck. So you learn through all those mistakes. Now, was the body in the casket well, while you were polishing? Of course pol- not. Come okay. on, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? Is that the only casket you've polished? Uh, that was my only casket, but I'll tell you, it was it was something I'll never forget. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's all sorts of crazy, so crazy stories. I have to take a tangent. Then, what are some other non-car weird things that you've been oh, man. paid to polish? Any planes or anything like that? Oh yeah, there's there's a few. I mean, it's we've gone through working with industrial coatings companies that make uh, OEM gas doors for remember the super sweet Mitsubishi Eclipse. Oh yeah, oh yeah, with that cast aluminum door or okay. a gas door. Yeah, I polished on those. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay, um, but uh, yeah, one time I I had opportunity to meet with this detailer that maintained a private collection for the owners of Farniente Winery in. Uh, I don't drink wine. I don't know what that is. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty. I mean, I don't. I'm not that 
in tune to wine, but it's pretty respectable. Sure. You know? so, I just realized that you're basically the sommelier. Is it sommelier? Sommelier. Sommelier oh, of som- detailing. Oh, that's a, that's a good should, way to do it. We should it. trademark that. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. like that. Yep. Yeah, it's not. That's your new job. Put that on your business card. Oh, dear <laughs> <Lord>. <laughs> I'll just, I'm fine with marketing and sales manager. You could just say crazy car wax guy for all I care about. So the guy, you're, yeah, you yeah. Got, so, so wine guy. So I roll up to the, to the Napa airport and um, they're sitting uh, this exquisite black Learjet with, I mean, highly polished with gold. 24 karat gold accents oh, and gold leaf here and gold leaf there and the interior i didn't i couldn't even do it justice but yeah we uh we had an opportunity to work on that and, and develop a process for that detailer to take that that plane to the nines and is that is that paint that they use on there different than automotive paint was it mm. is it like some sort of weird enamel or anything like that there's there's different different finishes you know over the years um but um you know there's a lot of different industrial coatings but sometimes they'll use automotive finishes as well but uh, they all you know they range in hardness that's Mm. the paint hardness you got to respond to it but yeah it turns out this this plane was owned by Imelda Marcos you ever heard heard of her no, no, no. Who's this? She's, you guys must be from Minnesota. You need to get out. <laughs> um, yeah, she's a she's a I think Philippines back in the day. She she like ran the country and she was well known for her shoe collection. So we have a lot in common. I like I like I like Amelda. You so. said that you actually chose shoes that you were going to wear to the podcast today. Well, are that, you a big sneakerhead? That makes me feel pretty good. I'm like a sneakerhead that is not. You know, I'm not dropping coin but i will tell you this my son <laughs> he's he's 14 now blows my mind and oh geez every day he gets home from school and he's talking about a strategy on how we're going to buy the next drop of nikes and <laughs> and turn it into this you know two three hundred dollar so uh, do you detail your sneakers do you have do you, sure use, you do have you use do you use products on your sneakers you know you guys this is getting a little personal here <laughs> um, <laughs> so, know, the, I, so the answer is yes yeah yeah there was one time i spent literally two an entire weekend doing all my shoes but <laughs> it's kind of like the car you know before i came here you had to i did a rinseless wash on it because i didn't want to show up and have you guys like shame me you know i gotta right. live up to it looked pretty good from the fifth floor as i stuck my head out the window <laughs> watching you drive up anyway, so i want to get into some right, of the fo- um, focus focus chris um on. Uh, before we, one more story that I wanted to hear that you mentioned is uh, going to the Bonhams car auction with your buddy. Tell me a little, tell me that story and the, and the, oh, the Bugatti. Yeah, some people are tired of hearing this story, but it's definitely one that will stick with me forever. Um, my good friend, again, uh, the guy that's got the connections with the, uh, with the organization, with the important people over there. Yeah, he, uh, we end up going over to, over. did you hear that? That was Minnesota. Over, over. <laughs> it's creeping in, Chris. I've got to You've been back the, here too long. No, I've got to focus. All right, go okay. ahead. Okay, okay, yeah. Focus there, yeah, sure. So, uh, yeah, we end up going to Bonhams, and I, it was just amazing. Greenwich Village, you always hear, you know, all these this fluffy fluffies that are over there. And long story short, we're wiping down cars, and. I'm I'm not exactly uh, proud of this moment, so it's a teaching teaching lesson. Teachable, teachable moment. moment, yeah. yeah. Teachable. So you're moment. at you're at the bottoms auction, yeah. wiping cars down. We're wiping them down, you know, using a mist and wipe, taking freshening them up for the for the show or sure. the big grandstand, throwing them up on the block, and I'm wiping down this Bugatti, and I'm like, I'm wiping down a Bugatti right now. Like, how yeah. cool is that? Hell yeah, you know. And uh, I'm I'm dragging this microfiber just smooth and buttery across the surface and the next thing you know the towel kind of grabs and you know that's that's normal i mean it grabs windshield wiper blades or body lines or edges whatever no big deal 
and um, I, I, I'm moving. I mean, we got to wipe down. I forget how many cars. It, it, it was it was quite a feat. And I look back, and there's like a, the size of a silver dollar straight primer. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. So I literally, this towel, microfibers are grabby, obviously, and they just literally plucked this chip of loose chip of paint no. off the Spugatti that I, I, I know for a fact like went for over a million. So it was like... <laughs> Oh dear Lord! I, I don't know if you want to hear the rest. So of what the did story. you do? No, with yeah, the, we definitely want to know the outcome here. Well, you didn't put you put the paint chip in your pocket and walk away, or what? <laughs> well, what would a normal, what would a young kid do? I mean, you know, you'd go over and talk to the to the Bonhams people, and just and tell them what happened. Yeah, defense, that would be the right thing to do, right? <laughs> well, I, I looked around, I looked to the left, I looked to the right, and and I picked that chip off the ground, and I was my heart was racing. I bet you have no idea. And uh, I put a little spit on the back of that chip, <laughs> little little adhesive, and I and I I tucked her up perfect. I lined everything just perfect. I mean, you didn't even know it happened. Yeah, well, it's like and new. <laughs> you want to know it's the best? What? Yeah. We had to do a second round of wipe downs on these cars, and uh, I decided to avoid that car this time around. <laughs> so someone else had to do it. I laid down the. I just laid down the the rug for for my buddy. Rod to, to slide over and oh, wipe no. this car down. <laughs> Did it fall off for him too? <laughs> <laughs> I was over standing against uh, next to another Bugatti across the way. Just waiting I, for it. I was just sitting there with anticipation. <laughs> you have no idea. I was so excited to see it happen because <laughs> you think I'm, I mean, I, I've been told I'm pretty over the top with this stuff. And you are. I, yeah. It's more of a mental thing, but you know, <laughs> we all deal with uh, things in a different way, but yeah, I, I'm looking across the way and I see Rod hit that, that little speck of paint. It wasn't little, it was a silver dollar. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. A, that's a chunk. And, and <laughs> the look on his face, I'll never forget it till the day <laughs> I die. He was just absolutely mortified. He looked over at me <laughs> And, and you're just <laughs> laughing your ass off. No, I, I played it slow, played it super cool, and I let him sweat a little bit. And then uh, eventually, I said, "Hey, dude, that, that was I, I did that." <laughs> <laughs> and he was so mad at me, but he got over it real quick. We, so, had, a, we had a good laugh. Were these Veyrons? Veyrons? Uh, no, dude. This the, these this, are old school Bugattis. Like old school. This is like I don't even know. The EB110 like, or the it was way back. Like gotcha. Yeah, I'm, gotcha. I'm not. A, I'm not wise enough on that front. So I want to get into some of the core basics of detailing. Now, everybody details their car, right? They all wash their car. They all run their car through the slap and scratch car washer, the touchless, <sighs> stuff like that. But for amateurs, just root amateurs that are going to detail their car, what are some of the best practices for just regular guys that are just going to fill up a bucket, get a sponge, wash their car, dry it off and walk away? Yeah, so don't do what Chris does. And uh, <laughs> what is I, wait, I, what is that? Well, I, I wasn't going to bus drive you, man. No, but, that's okay. You know, I'm, I'm down head, for it. Head on down to the uh, local discount store and pick up yourself a super fine sponge. Yeah, those yellow sponges. I mean, they're soft. They they're flexible. They got lots of right. holes in them. I mean, they're perfect. Right. And then just drag that over the abrasives that are all residing on your on your on your delicate finish. I sure. usually, I usually, yeah. I usually get the the sponge that looks like it's got dreadlocks. That's yeah. usually the, that's Yo, the oh, sponge that's what that I, I use get. too. All right. Well, I don't want to get too deep into that because that's a debate that Mr. Grio and I have. Okay. Oh, really? I'm not a fan of those tandrel type uh, washments. Yeah, the microfiber tandrels. Okay. Um, because they're 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 in essence they don't have nap. They don't have a space for that abrasive to hide to to collect and 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 protect against the finish. They just Again, drag. so so what what should somebody do? What do, what are we supposed to do? 
Well, you shouldn't you shouldn't wash the car in, in the first place. If you you know, it's all it's in the old days we'd say frequent car care is easy car care. So, you know, when I get home tonight, no joke, I'm going to wipe down the car. And it, and there's yeah, there's some salt residue on there, maybe some mild abrasives, but I'll I'll wipe it down. Um but uh So you're what you're saying is you shouldn't have if you take care of the car, you're not gonna have to wash it in the first place, is what you're saying. Man, it's like brushing your teeth. I mean, you do it every day, hit it every now and then with some floss. Like, really, do you need to go to the dentist? I mean, no. Like, you, That's probably it, probably true. So, um, I've, so I've that's bad dental hygiene. I'll just, <laughs> I, was, I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> oh, man. So what else do – what are some of the other mistakes that the regular people make? Uh, you know, there's always the old – I mean, I'll, I'll say this. I'll preface it by saying, you know, from today relative to 95 when i first got into this business the education uh, that's available online now is 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 amazing i mean there's there's so many different sources of information back in the day nobody nobody knew they learned from their dad and what did your dad do he grabbed a bottle of dawn or ivory and (laughs) mom would get pissed because she can't find her soap Yep. I can speak to that's a fact that happened at my house. And I can honestly say that I can never find my glass cleaner because my wife always takes it to clean the house. <laughs> my, in my little detailing card, I've got little grills, oh, glass cleaner. It's opposite. She always comes house. and takes it yeah. to clean the house. So that's, yeah. that's my problem. So, yeah, that's, you know, that was that was what we did. And, and every time you do that, those are designed to, to, to dissolve grease and they're higher in pH. You know, mm. you want to go back to chemistry class, Chris? We can. No, that's way, way too much information <laughs> for this. This, this session, but, but yeah, it would, it would diminish the, the polymers or waxes or whatever protection you did put on the car. It basically and, strips the car down. Yeah. And it, and it could even chemically burn the finish based on and, and promote, you know, drying of the surface, whether it's paint mm-hmm. or plastics or what have you. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, those are, those are really basic things, but unfortunately you still see people doing it today and, and it's, um, just don't do it. So how do you wash your car without rubbing those contaminants into the paint? If it is dirty, like my car very often is, because I actually drive it, how do I get that dirt off the car without scratching the paint? Right. If we brought one of our two cars to you, what would you do? What is your process? (laughs) I got the look from Chris. Sorry. No, it's all good. (laughs) This is is my first time here. Um, Well, it depends. Is it it like uh, what you guys are going to do or is it what I would do? Because there, there might be a difference. Well, let's let's go with what we would. What can we do? Like what the, would you instruct the, us to do? Like the, the the average car guy, not that sure. there's anything. You know, the guy that's uh, got some time on their hands. Not, not the rain man of waxing. Oh, uh, what are you saying? Man? <laughs> <laughs> uh, You're the guy detailing your entire shoe collection for hours. Let's just let's get to the what the regular car guy can do to like. All right, all to, right. Let's let's reel this in. All right. So. Uh, Ideally, if you could invest in a modest pressure washer, that's a big that's a big step in in, in your your regimen. Uh, traditionally, what do we do? We take a hose. We 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 use a psi of like what uh, two eighty five yeah. <laughs> ninety psi water coming out of the house, and then you you you, you nozzle it all over the car. How much abrasive that's bonded to the surface with road grime and film and oil? How much abrasive is actually being re- removed when through that process? Probably not much. Yeah, maybe maybe twenty percent. Okay. So then you have this. You have basically in essence sandpaper or you know abrasives on your surface. And then what does an average Joe do? You you have a, you have the two bucket method. 
In oh, I would. I don't even go that far. What? Jeff. Oh, come on, man. I don't go that well, far. Well, at either. the very least, do the two bucket method and elaborate on that. You have your one bucket with wash and mm-hmm. pH balanced car wash, and then the other would be just plain water. So you so, rinse it off every time you wash. Yeah. You do a panel, and then you rinse panel it off and, and rinse, and then wash. And that's that's like the best practices that most people follow this day and age. And another thing that uh, most people do, yeah, you guys, you guys shake your heads. I, I just don't. I gas station belt, car wash, Jeff. Belt, gas oh. station car wash. Don't don't. When we get to know each other and become dear <laughs> friends, you you'll know that you just don't talk like that around. Me. <laughs> I know better. So so there's the belt line up. And the belt line down. So okay. belt line up is presumably lower, less contamination, right? Mm, sure. The, whereas the rocker is just covered in road slime. Sure. So you you also want to dedicate a wash mitt for for the belt line up and one for the belt line down. Really interesting. Yeah. yeah. So that's another. Quick, so we're talking quick four tip. buckets now, or no, is that just different wash mitts? You work from the top down always, and then okay. you save the the belt line down to the to the to the final. Now, are you around. rinsing with the hose in between? Well, in between panels, or ideally, I mean, if you're in the garage and it's 75 and nice and toasty, you just you know you can do the whole car and rinse it. But sure. if you're out in the sun and ideally you're washing in the in the morning early or in the in the in the you know dawn, or that's that's uh, dusk dusk. But yeah. wh- why dawn is that? or dusk? Yeah. <laughs> well, you don't want the the sun will bake the soap on basically, yeah, which yeah. is becomes yeah. a problem. Doesn't can't you rinse it off? Doesn't the rinse just take care of that? Sometimes the soap residue will will bond to the surface and then it'll leave kind of a, a film on the surface that, you know, obviously it could wipe down with a Plus, if you down. have, for me, I have hard water. So if I wash oh. it in the sun and any of the water evaporates, I've got a hard water stain sure. on the paint. Well, so what is a, as a, what is a professional, what are some of the mistakes that the number one thing that you see professionals doing that they shouldn't do? Well, if they're, if it, if it moves into the process of polishing a car, they're, they're, buffing the hood and dragging the extension, the, the power cord of the tool across the, the fender and the door. And that seems like common sense to not do that. One would think, but you'd be, you'd be quite shocked uh, over how, the years. How, how people abrasive can a power cord be? Well, you know, it does initially start off on the, on the ground. <laughs> pick, it's covered in oil and polish and residue, and then it picks up some sandy 36-grit style rocks. And It only takes one rock. One rock. That's, That's all, all it takes. takes. But... Yeah, man, the pressure washer is the secret, though, to really um, incorporating that into some of the newer processes. Um, so now with the pressure washer, you see the foam cannon all yeah. the time. Is that a gimmick or is that actually pretty good? I got to I got to admit early on, I used to and I I, I used to think that uh, it was part of a show that the detailers would mm. would would inspire put into their process the owner looks out the window 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 where am i from the <laughs> south now um, yeah they, they look out the window and they see all this dramatic just things happening in yeah the, car. the whole car's covered in suds just oh my look gosh at that it's just a, it's astounding the attention to detail and lo and behold really what what the the process is is that you initially use this this snow foam and it's it's there's some that are just literally car washes they're just reformulated rebranded remarketed um, there are companies that formulate from scratch with an intended purpose for that um, that process. So you apply this, and there's varying degrees. Some are high pH or aggressive in that they deep clean and they strip the surface. And then there's some that are designed for maintenance, and that's where you're you're doing it every week. Yeah, I know that's hard for you to believe, Jake. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. But you're maybe doing it twice a week. And uh 
you just what you'll do is allow this this foam to to generate uh, cleaning chemical cleaning action on the surface. It dwell, foam dwells on vertical panels. It's it's essentially doing the initial work. You're just sitting back, relaxing, having your favorite beverage, letting it foam on there. Yeah, yeah. And then you come back, and you the, the mistake that most people do is they'll just take a wash mitt and start washing on that 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 snow foam. Right. I would know better than that. I think I could. No, I would right. like, I would rinse the foam off. Why don't think. Why don't we do that? Well, the braces are still there. Wow. So the whole intention of or the the purpose of those snow foams is to rid the surface of abrasives. And if you guys really think about it, it's our goal when we're working on our cars to first do no harm. Like you, you know, <laughs> the don't hip, the don't, Hippocratic oath. However, yeah, however <laughs> you want to refer to it, don't screw it up, right? Okay. And that uh, is my goal most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> I somehow, somehow it doesn't always work out that way for me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just learned that uh, I wasn't, uh, I didn't follow that process when I was throwing this new rear view mirror on my car and scratched my steering wheel. I'm devastated. I can't even begin to tell you. All right, focus. So, um, <laughs> you know, you can, you can pay now and invest what seems in our mind to be a little bit more unreasonable amount of time in the washing process. Or you can half-ass it. Oh, sorry. Can I say that? Sorry. You can say ass. It's all good. I can Jess, say Jay calls me ass all the time. Okay. So it's fine. <laughs> well, it's not obscene when it's accurate. <laughs> don't don't say that to me, Jake. I'm very sensitive. Okay. Yeah. So you you can do that. And then um, if you just do a quickie on it, what's going to happen? You got abrasives. You're dragging them over the car. Yep. So you're making it to the point where you have to do a full polish all the time. You're instilling scratches in the car. I don't care. It could be microscopic or it could be severe. Regardless of how you're, you know, doing a quickie wash is as long if you're mechanically moving a washman across the surface, you're scratching the car. No matter what. I don't care how many if you want to use a fifty bucket method and the and a two thousand dollar a gallon car wash soap, it doesn't matter, you're gonna scratch the car. Right. There's no, you know, there's no magic or PFM in that process. Right. So the the purpose is is to use the the mechanical high pressure of the water. Which I mean, you can buy a pressure washer nowadays for 150 bucks, 200 dollars. What drives me crazy about like I bought a I bought a pressure washer to do this to wash the car. Okay. And here's the problem: it doesn't do soap at high pressure; it only does soap at low pressure. Yeah. Which drives me crazy because I want to do high pressure soap. But yeah. It doesn't, well, doesn't that's do not it. the purpose of the high pressure washer. Is it? Well, it actually what you need to do is combine it with a foam cannon mm -hmm. that concentrates all that high pressure into even further pressure, and then it. I won't get all crazy on you guys, but it disturbs it with a, like a, what's called a, like a stainless steel pill. And then that in turn foams or aerates that chemical and creates that rich shaving cream like lather. So, you know, we have a, I won't, it's not a Griot's commercial, but we, we just spent a, a year developing a foaming system that incorporates the use of that very thing, a foam cannon. I mean, this thing's sweet. I mean, it's, it's stainless steel. You might have to try that out this time. Polished, yeah. laser etched, crazy. Ooh. All right, sorry. <laughs> Anyways, all right. Yeah. So let's. Uh, I want to get into some questions from our listeners. Yeah, enough, enough rambling. So uh, we have uh, Anthony Bosca says, "How do you remove silicone-based products like Armorall?" And now we're talking about the Armorall, where someone goes and gets their car detailed. Maybe they bought it from the dealer, or whatever. And you get in, and the whole thing is just like. It looks like somebody filmed the porn in there. It's just, it's I'm, just, it's just covered and slathered in this armor. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pause right there. Should I not do that? 
not 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 create a porn porn studio in your car? What are you What are you asking me here, man? I I don't yeah. like because a lot of people when they you'll get in and it's like it's on stuff that you're actually touching like oh, the I, ship I, knobs yep. and the you gotta put it wheels. on the steering wheel. That's yeah. what I do, and I have the wipes. How do you How do you get that stuff off if yeah. someone does yeah. that to your car? In a lot of cases, you know, it's not safe, right? You got it on your your clutch pedal or your brake pedal, and yeah, I've seen that too. In. Coming in hot in a corner and your thing, your foot just slides off. <laughs> I know that's happened to you, Chris. It has. I've, I've, <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, that you just, those products are, uh, they are slippery. Polysloxane is a primary active ingredient in those types of products. And polysloxane? Yeah. Sounds pretty cool to yes, talk it smart does. like that. I know. That's, that's <laughs> what happens when you hang out with chemists for a while. It's not from <laughs> educational you know, situations, but yeah, the, for most of us enthusiasts, we don't appreciate that slimy, high gloss look or even even a satin look. I mean, European cars are engineered to be matte for, right. a, for a reason. So you don't see glare. You know what I don't like is when you go to buy a car and you open up the hood oh, yeah. and someone has pressure washed the entire engine <laughs> compartment and then all the hoses are in the engine cover are like shiny and everything's like, yeah. it's like glowing. I'm like, man, this fucker leaks for sure. <laughs> you just know that thing's leaking something because this guy. So whenever I go to sell a car, I don't I don't really do too much cleaning oh, up shoot. in the engine bay because I just. I don't know. Whenever I look at it, I'm like, if there's something's too clean, I'm like, oh, especially you're, if it's just like a dubious. daily driver car. Hey. Nobody, you don't need to have like the thing doesn't need to look like a jewelry box if it's like a Chevy Tahoe, for example. You, you, you should just, you Chris, know. You, you're talking about uh, pre-owned vehicles. That's the that's a politically correct way to refer mm, to pre-owned vehicles. Yeah, yeah, they're not used cars. I mean, come on, guys, <laughs> get up with the times here. <laughs> Well, let's just say one one experience I had. I and I don't mean to go on a tangent, but it was astonishing. That we we're working with this uh, this organization, okay. and uh, the the detailers, professional detailers, in quotes. Uh, really, come on, don't 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 make it too big. But uh, these guys go to lunch, and uh, you know we're we're still kind of walking around the joint, casing it, seeing what's going on, and. And I don't know that you want to use that term. <laughs> well, it depends on your perspective. I mean, I'm wholehearted, you know, whatever. So we, we're walking around and we look into the footwell of this car and there's a pressure washer um, nozzle and wand lying in the footwell of this carpeted car. and uh, Leaking, probably. Oh, yeah, the valve was bad in the, in the trigger. So there was no less than two inches of water no standing. In yeah, no big deal, you guys. This is natural, natural or normal process. So just wet vac it. Send it to your dealership and you're good. <laughs> that was very much an isolated incident in, incident for any of the my friends out in the you know yeah, the dealership the- world. But back to the 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 water based dressings. I mean, we I know for me personally, when we when we formulate products, uh, all of us on our Grios product development team, we formulate them as if they're being formulated for ourselves, and we we don't like shiny dashes, so. <laughs> Uh, you know, a lot of our formulas are very natural satin looks at the most. So why are why would people? This is more of a hypothetical question, but why do people use that? Do they they're changing the appearance of the way the car actually looks? Why yeah. why are we doing that? Because a lot of interiors have, have, have. I have used those. I, I, I can don't. tell you why. Oh, it's because shame. it's dust shame. right now. I have like a quarter inch of dust, <laughs> so I need something to rinse it down. Look, oh, Armor All Dash wipes. Well, this is perfect. It's meant for this. Yeah, but it makes wipe it, it down. We know what it turns it into. I've already said that. But right. in the interior, you've got um, you've got matte surfaces, you've got gloss surfaces, you've got different contrasting design elements in the car. And then when you take the splooge and squirt it all over the place, it ruins it. Anyway, so I don't know that there's a way to get it off. 
I think it's more of it kind of wears off on its own and no, then you just don't do it again, right? There is. It, it typically will require agitation and it's important that whenever you select, let's say, a, a brush, uh, it, that it's not going to abrade or scratch the surface that you're working on. And, and you guys all know, I mean, there's wood, uh, high gloss wood finishes in cars. There's monitors. There's um, polished surfaces, piano black. There's trim. And you just, when you use a brush, you need to, you're mechanically agitating the grains. A lot of vinyl has, most vinyl has a deep grain and sure. the, mm-hmm. the, the polysiloxane or silicones embed themselves into those grains. You just wipe over the panel and you're just hitting the tops of the peaks of that mountain, if you will. Sure. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you just agitate it with an appropriate cleaner. Um, you know, we got a couple, you can come down and hang out in the garage. If you get bored sometime, Chris, we'll get that, that stuff off your dash. But There's none on my dash. It's on Jake's dash, not mine. Jake. Just bring bring a few. I will bring we'll, it down we'll, there, we'll, and we'll you have, can go nuts. We'll have, All right. Well, no, no. I'll I'll do a small section of your door panel. Well, and you you. That's me. what you did to me. Is I brought my Yugo <laughs> into the into oh, the garage, right. and, and you were like, "Okay, I'm gonna I'm, we're gonna show you how to do this." And you did like this two foot square section. And it looked amazing. And then it, the rest <laughs> of the stuff I did did not look as amazing. So then I had this two foot square section that looked super cherry, and then the, you could see everything else that I did. And I'm a, like, "What am I doing differently?" It's a, it's a function of time and patience. Chris. I just I have time but no patience. <laughs> All right. So next question is wax and sealant. What's the difference? Without um, getting too crazy into chemistry, what's the difference uh, between wax and sealant? So uh, obviously a, a wax is typically from a natural substance, whether it be you know most people think of carnauba wax, Brazilian palm tree. It's scraped off the leaves, and it's they don't. I did actually, not know that. Yeah, they don't actually cut the tree down, so they're not into deforestation to produce carnauba. So there's wax. like a dude that climbs up a ladder and he's like scraping so it's just, the trees. It's off. just the wax on the leaves. Yeah, that's the, all it is. Yeah, and that that's a that, that's you know a natural um, material that the that the tree, the palm tree, you know, this Brazilian palm tree emits to protect the the plant. So sure. Anyways, the carnauba waxes. There's other waxes that they'll blend in that are less expensive, like paraffin and so forth. Um, that'll affect the gloss, but those those inherently have a very the benefit to them is a very high gloss, glowy. I always call it like a carnauba glow. It just looks like a, a gobstopper candy. You know, you hmm. pull out uh, one of those, and they're all kind of shiny and, and got a glow to them. And those those two are polished with carnauba. So wait, gobstoppers are polished with carnauba wax. See, look at you learned at least one thing. Tonight. It was worth coming in here. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So the inherent. Have you ever polished? Would you ever go? Do you ever look at one and go, "Yeah, well, this can't do." So and then you like polish the little candy before you ate it, and that seems like something you would do. <laughs> hey, thanks, man. I'm not that bad. Come on, maybe just try that. But so, how, so then the sealants are synthetic. Then so synthetic. You know, a lot of companies market synthetic sealants or polymer waxes or poly this or poly that, and and the technology has evolved over the years. But I mean, polymers have been around for many, many years. And at the end of the day, they are man-made chains of molecules that that create a film. They're called film formers. Hmm. If you want the true technical, I mean, I will get just slightly geeky. It's called amino functional silicones. Okay. I like that. Sounds sweet, doesn't it? It does. I love it. If there was a product on the shelf that just said amino functional whatever. I would buy it. 100%. I would be like, yeah, that looks pretty good. I'll buy that that one. That stuff is high tech. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you always see like the nano, the nano Yeah, yeah. Well, there's it. the The car care world is is evolving for sure. Um, it's it's insane what it's done over the last twenty five years. But at any rate, the the benefits to sealants is they're inherently more durable. 
Um, they're, they're not as susceptible to heat, um, you know, um, exposure to the sun. It doesn't break down that, that molecule. So are you supposed to put like Wait, wax so on first and then sealant on over so the top? So sealant is better than the, the, well, the carnauba. Is but that what you're you telling want, me? If you're going to Pebble Beach and you want to have this thing just popping on the, on the, on so the car- lawn, car- carnauba the- would be probably more appropriate. But um, polymers will typically deepen or darken the finish more. Um, whereas they're not as uh, glossy per se than a, a carnauba. So some people, if you're a little over the top, you would apply a synthetic sealant. Or He's talking about himself right I know, now, guys. Is. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you would apply the polymer sealant. And what's important is it takes 24 hours typically for that polymer to what's called cross-link and cure okay. to, to achieve its its ultimate durability. So little note to self on that don't wipe the car down with a spray detailer after you finally you know applied your synthetic sealants guilty guilty don't do it because it, it immediately diminishes your protection in fact don't allow it to hit water for a period of 24 hours so rainstorms and so forth you're just you're just wasting your time you, okay you'll get some benefit but nothing to the extent that it's capable of um so what the, the funny thing is carnauba waxes do contain polymers Mm-hmm. So they're they're blends. They're like hybrids. Does anybody do like just pure carnauba wax, like straight off the leaf and put it on their car? It Is would, that like a thing? It would scratch the the surface. Okay, actually. so it needs to be well, it's, yeah, because I imagine leaves are naturally a little dirty. Okay. <laughs> now the the wax itself, if you guys saw it, it's it's like hard, just very 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 hard flakes of yellow, huh. just really small flakes, and and if you drug those across the surface, you would scratch them. So. But right. yeah, so you want high gloss, super insane, and you're you're really passionate about your car. You're not afraid to wax it maybe a month or two or a month, and, you know, to two months, every two months. Then, you know, stick with Carnauba. Um, and if you're looking for the ultimate durability, like for me, I use our best to show wax in the little plug. Sorry. I'll use that in the summer. And then in the winter, I'll prep the cars in the late fall with uh, like a polymer wax. Sure. Interesting. So uh, Adam Kern asks, how do you protect plastics and rubbers on your daily driver? So the cars that are out in the salt, in the sun, all the time, parked outside, you know, you always have, especially if you look at old cars, the the plastics are, they turn gray and they turn brittle. How do you keep that from happening? Yeah. So um, number one, it's you want to just, it, plastics are no different than your automotive paint finish. You need to clean and remove contaminants that that will embed themselves in those grains of, of trim. It's fair to say that rubbers and plastics are probably more porous than paint to begin with. Yeah, for sure. So, you you know, you want to start off with a good foundation, regardless of whether or not you're working on paint or rubber or plastic. You you start with a foundation and use a specialized product that's designed for st- stripping and removing all the stuff that you've applied prior to that session. So that's a lot of that's a challenge. I think one of the mistakes people do is they just keep burying this polymer or silicone onto the rubber. And never actually deep clean it and start from scratch. You were talking about that earlier as far as your your hoses and so forth under the hood. Yep. You know, you just keep burying silicone on it. It's You're trapping all those contaminants underneath each application. You know what works really good for making hoses nice and shiny? Don't tell me brake cleaning. Brake fluid. Oh, geez. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, and then you drip a little on your fender and it's just hurtful. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so or your uh, eyebrow and it bleaches it. Ask I'm, me how I know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's sun in, buddy. That's that's way back. So John Hansen asks, what do you recommend for hand drying cars? Towels, chamois? W- what's the best thing for hand drying? Leaf blower? Oh, yeah, man. That, he I, says, be specific. Is okay. what he says. 
So this is this means I can't uh, run all over the place and ramble. So this is difficult for me. Give me a moment. I got to collect myself. Okay. <laughs> so when you're done, when you go to rinse the vehicle, one little trick you can do is to take, you know, some people may not appreciate this, but you take the nozzle off, ensure that it's not a brass nozzle with sharp threads, you know, plastic nozzle, and then you're just going to allow the water to flow over the surface. And what that does is instigates a, or causes water to sheet off the vehicle mm -hmm. rather than to bead. So that sheeting removes a good majority of the water. And then because uh, of the tension the water has with itself, it yeah. kind of collects and runs off together. It's called yeah. surface tension. There you go. Yeah. Don't don't get too over the top. Jake. Okay. I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. You, you kind of intimidated me there. <laughs> now, uh, yeah. So, okay. So once you've, you know, good majority of the water sheeted off, you're going to do that from the top down. Um, then you're going to just grab something that's got PFM associated with it. Okay. So what is PFM? Am I allowed to say? Yeah, absolutely. I don't want to get too. So I'll say it. The, your PFM towels are pure fucking magic. Jeez. Is I, what they are. That's not oh, the, I thought it was going to be like polyphemaldehyde. Formaldehyde. This, is, this is my impression of what they stand for. Is that correct? Well, it is. You, you it is. Need, is that what either, you meant to say? You mean neither that, confirm nor deny, but that's what I thought it was. <laughs> oh, okay. We have it's, a more G-rated version freaking, you know. Oh, pure freaking magic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, they, so what are these towels? It's like a, well. Is it just microfiber? It's a really nice microfiber with like a silk edging and it yeah. really soaks up water really nice. I have a few. They're great. And my wife steals those as well. I find them like stashed in drawers around the house and stuff. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I feel like none of my microfibers absorb water as well as it's like a chamois or I got a, I got a tip on that. We could talk. We could do a two hour session on microfiber maintenance <laughs> or what I, what we refer to in the business microfiber management let's not do that <laughs> yeah we, um yeah but uh yeah those those pfm towels they they um they're actually terra loops as opposed to a, just a tandril or a, a finger right. of fiber so there's a lot more surface area gotcha and they're they're uh, two towels in one actually sewn together so you have a, a high capacity and just Truly, you can drag one of those over a hood in one pass, and the hood's dry with they're, no they're streaks. Good. I, so I, we won't get into the two-hour version, but I feel like part of the microfiber management yeah. has to do with washing the towel. Yeah, that's, Should I put it in with my regular laundry? Um, no, definitely don't wash it with uh, cotton towels like Chris uses on the back of his 911. I about died when I saw him cleaning his glass with a, a cotton ratty towel. Why? Because he was in the middle of nowhere, and he he's just doing what he could do to get to get down the road. I mean, okay. sometimes that happens. Well, they leave they leave little fibers all over the place, and they they're they're. I understand. It's all I had. Sorry, I didn't mean to. No, okay. To, so, to how do we wash okay. our towels? So, so it's really simple. Uh, you would just use your standard detergent. A lot of people will go over the top and use like the clear non dyed detergents, no fragrance, mm -hmm. hot water. Do it the extra rinse cycle. Mm -hmm. Max soil, you know, right? Sure. Are you familiar with these, or does your wife do? No, I I do some of the laundry. Chris, she just Chris, I, I do zero of the laundry. I I have not done laundry in probably fifteen. Actually, I've never done laundry. You know, when I was in college, I would actually take <laughs> when I when I, I would take all my clothes mm -hmm. when I was still local, and I would pile bring them, them into my trunk and like from Minneapolis, I would bring them down and give them to my grandma to watch. I just I don't have never done laundry before. Wow. Okay. Well, enough so, of okay. that story. Let's, do we let's, do we dry them? So yeah. The so one other thing is that you can use a standard detergent, but if you also employ a um, like a pure surfactant, 
Um, we happen to. I don't off, know what that is. It's basically a super strong booster that you would add to your detergent and it emulsifies or breaks down the silicones, waxes that you're picking up from, oh, sure. from the surface that are water resistant, right? Sure. And it breaks those down in, in the, inside the fiber, releases them, and then it just essentially kind of renews your towels. So if you'd use that as your normal regimen, um, your towels will last a lot longer. Um, and definitely do not uh, dry the towels on anything higher than ultra low setting. If you get into medium hot, it, it'll they're plastic fibers. Okay. Polyester, polyamide, and they'll actually melt. Sure. And then, close up. And then they, yeah, they just shut down on you. So. Okay. So before we, uh, before we move on to the news, I wanted to just talk a little bit about your partnership that you've got with uh, Dynan and APR. What's been going on with, with that? I thought that was pretty cool. Well, Is it Dynan? Dinan, Dinan, Dinan. Yeah, at, at this point we're uh, we're in the early stages of that planning. You probably just totally got me in trouble, but um, no. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Um, yeah, a good friend of mine, and, and I'm sure you've met him over the years, uh, Paul, uh, who who used to work for our our close friend here in Minneapolis. He uh, he took a job down at APR and is doing engineering and um, a lot of really awesome things down there. And um, long story short, he and I were just brainstorming and chatting. And next thing you know, we we're we're talking about uh, developing a partnership. It's this is a natural partnership um, because Gria's Garage has, for a very long time, um, promoted or I should say um, sponsored BMW of America and the PCCA Porsche Club. So, um, with Dynan being one of the most premier BMW tuners in the world. And APR again doing the same for Volkswagen sure. and Audi. Um, we're we're in the process of working out a really cool relationship. That's uh, I'm I know for myself personally I'm exp excited about because I've got a couple GTIs laying around. So who knows what the future will bring? But I, I can assure you it's going to be pretty cool. Sounds good. Awesome. So you want to hang out with us while we do some news? Yeah, I'd love to crack some wise cracks on you guys. I love it. Sounds sounds good. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's get into some news here. So um, Chris, we bring our listeners the news so they don't have to scour through the internet because we do that every week for them yeah that was not how that's supposed to be read i know but, but you don't have it listed here and i feel like we need to have our tagline <laughs> all right so i went on uh i usually i look around the web and i try and find news and i found this interesting article by jalopnik that said uh these are the cars these are the only cars uh -huh. that every gearhead likes i remember this so i want to go through the list and just talk about whether uh -huh. you think that these are cars that everybody actually likes uh -huh. or not um so the first one is the bmw 2002 Meh. or 2002 Meh. but you you don't not like it right i mean it's it's kind of like uh why don't you like this thing why are you mad no I, it's fine but like is your <laughs> is your diehard ls hot rod guy gonna be like oh yeah i can appreciate that i like that probably not right. he's gonna think that's, it's a stupid little german car right agreed yeah. that's yeah. my point yeah Next. absolutely all right volvo 122 amazon i personally think they're cool but again like think of your outliers what about your diesel bros? They're no. going to be like, that's the stupidest it's thing. It's the stupidest, stupid right? little yeah. car. It's okay. The, number three, the Willys Jeep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's closer, right? Because that is like it's iconic. It's iconic. It's iconic. Yeah, it's got a little bit more of a universal feel Agreed. to it. You can, you can appreciate where it's been, what it's done, what it's accomplished. That's better. I like yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. The original BMC Mini. That, yeah, mm. it's iconic. 
And I suppose you can appreciate it. I think that's going to be the common theme is if something's iconic or not. But I like this thing. Anybody that isn't even into cars will think this is they're cute. They're fun. Right. You're right. Even somebody with a LS swapped whatever is going to be like, oh, that Mini is cool. And right. they're fun to drive, stuff like that. So yeah. I could I'll, he, I'll, he, I'll agree with that one. He just got thoughts for uh, Mrs. Theron. <laughs> what? I don't get that reference. I don't the, know the, the Mini Cooper, you know, running around doing the. Uh, oh, Charlie's Theron in oh, um, yeah. Italian Job. Yes. Did I, I yes, apologize. I did not. I did not say that. right. Well, Dick I didn't Theron. say. Did you know on? the podcast we had her we had her stunt driver for that scene on the podcast did you know that i am going to download it right now yep Yep. well wait till the end of the podcast (laughs) (laughs) okay number five is the honda slash acura nsx nope no i don't i don't like this car um i don't really like the way they look i know it was like a big deal but no first gen (laughs) volkswagen gti (laughs) mark one gti is that a universally loved car or is that just like to 2002 where some guy with a Camaro is going to be like, that's a stupid little that's, German I think it's closer shitbox. to that. I think Are you the, kidding me I think right the now? Mini, you do not want to start that debate. I know. I, I know, know You're a big fan. I am too. But, and I am too. But I, I think the Mini is more universally loved than a GTI. No doubt about it. So here's the thing. That's all that's on the list. That's it? That's it. <laughs> I feel okay. What about instead of the GTI? How about the original Volkswagen Beetle? There, I think that that's probably more universally loved than a than GTI. A GTI. Let's, let, let's admit it, man. You know, you loved the Fiero GT. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, no comment. I don't think that's universally loved. <laughs> what about the? I, I know one that's universally very, very love hate. What's that? The DeLorean. It yeah. seems like people really, really are like, oh, my God, a DeLorean back to the future of juicer gigawatts. Or they're like, just no more DeLoreans. Right. I think that I'm one's kind of in cool. the later camp. Yeah, me too. What What other cars could be like universally Does loved? Does everyone like, love the 911? Should we go there? We're 911 fanboys. I don't think they are. I think no? that's. It's just a fancy Volkswagen. Right. <laughs> So that falls under the beetle. Is that what you're saying, Jeff? (laughs) I I know you're baiting me, so I'm not even going to take the bait there. As we all know, the Porsche shares almost nothing with a beetle other than the engine placement and its cooling. Other than that, there's nothing the same. Aren't the heater boxes similar? In the same way that a heater box is similar in a Camaro and a Mustang. There is no heater box in a Camaro or a Mustang. Yeah, there is. You have to have heat. heat like the, Yeah, there's called a radiator. It's called a heat and core. And a heater core. <laughs> a heater core. That's what I mean. The same, in, the, in the same way that a, a Camaro. He really did get fired up. Oh, I don't like it. And it I also have a 911. The it vein. Look me. at that vein coming out of his forehead. It's I've not, never seen that before. Oh, I thought you were talking about vanity there for a second. I'm like, no, it has nothing to do with that. It's nothing at all. What about like uh, an old school Mustang or Corvette? I I don't think the Mustang because then Camaro guys don't love the Mustang. Yeah, no, there's too much. And I don't love Corvettes all that much. So here's the thing is what this really shows is that even though there isn't a car for everybody. Right. uh, There are cars for each individual, which I think is great because you can choose a car that can be for you. And there's other people that like it, too, but you can really identify with a car. Mm -hmm. And just like. You and I aren't alike. There's no people that are universal for everybody either. Cars are such representation of who we are that they don't have to be for everybody. I know what. I know what we just missed. There's one we are all glaring over. What? Throwing back to episode 62, the Amphicar. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) Hey, you guys do share uh, the same bang style. They're both standing tall tonight. Yeah, that's true. We do have the same hair. I guess that could translate to this. My hair is much All right, one more article and then we'll we'll move on. So... Uh, last month, 
48-year-old James Muchiacho of Deerfield Beach, Florida, drove his Ferrari 360 off the end of a dock in Palm Beach. Hat tip to the drive for this story. <laughs> After a confrontation with a police officer, a more recent report on the incident has outlined Muchiano's motivation to be religious in nature. Oh, okay. Muchiacho. How cool is it that Muchiacho drives Muchiacho. a Ferrari? Was rummaging through his Ferrari with the car parked on the public Palm Beach dock on December 26 when he was approached by a police officer who told him he could not park there. Muchiacho reportedly apologized, telling the officer he was waiting for a friend to pick him up and backed off the dock. Instead of cooperating with his co- cooperating with his car out of the way, Muchiacho accelerated down the dock, pitched his supercar off the end into 30 feet of salt water. <laughs> Can I just say, of course, this is in Florida. Of course, it's in Florida. <laughs> That's true. Uh, Muchiacho escaped the vehicle before it sank and was rescued by two fishermen who turned Muchiacho over to the waiting policeman. What the hell? Is it illegal to drive your car off the dock? Oh yeah, that's, I'm that's sure a it's major like environment. It's an environmental. The environmental yeah. impact is is. is we the officer then asked Muchiacho what compelled him to sink yeah, his what Ferrari. What the hell, me and he Muchiacho? Re- he reportedly told the officer, <laughs> officer, an Egyptian who didn't believe in. Wait. Hold on. Muchiacho escaped the vehicle before it sank and was rescued by two fishermen who turned Muchiacho over to the waiting policeman. Okay. The officer then asked Muchiacho what compelled him to sink his Ferrari and he reportedly called the officer an Egyptian who didn't believe in Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> that is specific. I think Egyptian. he might have been running with some uh, old brothers from the 80s. <laughs> Jesus yeah. told me to drive through a small gate and into a six foot window. Muchiacho told the police officer, "Oh, Jesus made me the smartest man on earth, and it's hard to have this much responsibility. <laughs> Money is going to be irrelevant in two days. Remember to smile." <laughs> police recovered the sunken wow. Ferrari shortly thereafter and discovered that the car's plate was registered to a Ford Mustang in the ownership of Muchiacho. So I think it's more you stole the that. car, not Jesus told you to. Muchi- was he was he high too? Like there has to be There's some sort of substance involved. Muchiacho's apparent removal of property from the Ferrari suggests the incident may have been insurance fraud in the making prior to police showing up. His statements, however, imply mm. a mental health crisis or manic episode. Regardless of, regardless of its reason, it's best to keep Christ and driving behavior separate, no matter what Carrie Underwood might tell you. I don't know who Carrie Underwood. Oh, she's the country star who has a song about something about Jesus. And I don't know. Okay. Well, I don't know Carrie Underwood. Well, I, she's pretty. I know that. Yeah, so, no, she's she's a country but, singer. Wasn't she on the 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 show where people sing and then they become America's next <laughs> talent? I have no idea. Whatever. All right. So let's get into the, like the American big, Idol. That was oh, yeah. Nice. Let's get into let's get into the big story of the week. <laughs> All right. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna because I don't okay, fine. We'll go that. I was gonna go reverse order. And leave that one last. Let's just do this one. Okay. Oh, but that's so, a, that's so exciting, though, man. You should. This is it. Yeah. This is the last one. This is all we're doing. This is all we're doing. We're long, so we're just. Doing. All right. I so rambled. the Detroit Auto Show was this last week, right? And at it, Toyota released the it, new Supra. And all I've known about the Supra is all the memes that I see floating around the internet. So what's, okay. what's been going so, on? What's the deal? So everyone's probably seen the new Toyota Supra, and again, it was unveiled at the Detroit Auto Show, and the bottom line is it's ugly it is all get out it is very (laughs) ugly it's very ugly. and i think a lot of the problem is that they released the concept car and the concept car was the ft1 right it was beautiful right ft1 looked stunning yeah but it didn't look like a supra 
Okay. So what I think they well, did. This doesn't either. I agree with you, but <laughs> it looks more like a Supra than the FT1 did just because it's got like the little bubble hood thing kind of okay. like a little bit. And I think what they did is they're like, oh, shit, well, we need to name this thing a Supra. Oh, shit. Well, we better make it look a little bit like a Supra. And then they ruin the car. Basically, it's, it's hideous. The front end especially good. is very offensive. There's like 10 vents. Oh, dear Lord. Are you kidding me? So Jeff's just looking at it for uh, the first time. I've, I've been so, busy, man. <laughs> they cage me up. So, yeah, mm. the headlights are weird and like slitty, but not good. It doesn't fit with any of their design elements. And there's this weird, like the nose is very high on and the it's front got a, end. And it's got a ducktail on the back. Yeah, like the ducktail, I don't, whatever. That's fine. It's the front of it just does not flow at right. all. It me. doesn't work. So, so okay, mm. it's ugly. That's fine. But here's the bigger disappointment. It's really just a badge engineered BMW Z4. So right. we knew from when they released it that it was going to be in a partnership with BMW. Yeah, we talked about this at right? one point. So they were going to do some, you know, chassis sharing and sharing of technology. You know what's, you know what's funny? You, what's pop, you pop the hood on the Supra. I'm getting into this. Okay. Oh. Okay. So, yes, it's BMW technology. They did nothing other than reskin a Z4. Mm -hmm. Literally nothing. Okay. So Jalopnik <laughs> actually looked under the chassis right there at Detroit Auto Show. And it's literally the exact same suspension as a 3 Series. Well, we would expect that. And a that. Z4. Well, why would you expect anything different out of the car? Why would they... The part numbers are the same. <laughs> Everything has... Like, the, the tie rods have BMW logos with a part number on it that's BMW. That is what I would expect to happen on this car. Why would they change... That, uh, you know how much more expensive disgusting. it would be? Of course I'm, it is. But I am irritated. Any platform sharing works that way. But here's the problem. The Toyota Supra is an icon. Yes. It's a Toyota icon. That's the, pr the problem is not that it's a BMW. The problem is that it's not a Toyota. Right. It's not what it is. That's the problem. It's what it right. isn't. So is I'm going to keep going because I still think it's ridiculous how much this is just a Z4 underneath. The engine is a standard BMW inline six turbo. This thing's, this thing's 50 grand, right? Yes. 50 how much grand. is the. This? I'm going to get to okay. that because that's what's great. So it's the engine is the inline six turbo. That's what everyone was expecting BMW to contribute to the table. This makes sense. That's what I thought. The original was Supra was a six cylinder inline with a turbo. This makes perfect sense. BMW engines are great, right? So, so that's that what I, th I thought we were going to have like liked. a new chassis exactly with the bmw engine in it is what that's I was why expecting i'm so disappointed that it's literally just all bmw underneath to the point where it's all bmw part numbers even do you think this is a mistake by committee do you think this is like a bunch of japanese dudes being like oh, i don't know what to do and then they're like, oh, let's I just do know. this and like i i don't know don't speculate so it's probably far more complex it probably i'm sure is. it is <laughs> but okay so the engine is the inline six turbo that's fine they did a side by side everything is the same except for just the plastic engine cover like everything still has BMW logos on it even. And here's the best part. And they didn't realize this or point it out in this article that we read, but it's down to the airbox cover is the same as on the Z4. But in the BMW, they have little chassis braces, little struts going from the strut tower to the radiator, I think it is. Yeah. And BMW, their air cover for the airbox has a little cutout. Um, a cutout it it has it. a clearance for this brace, right? So the Supra doesn't have these chassis braces, but they didn't change the airbox at all. So there's literally a big depression in the airbox cover and nothing's there. How hard is it to just make a new airbox cover? I don't know. Like that's impeding airflow. And too. I, like, how hard is this? Like, I wouldn't. Ha I we would could 3D print one tonight. We could. <laughs> I wouldn't have a problem with any of this if this was like a Corolla or exactly. anything like that. The but, fact is they called it the Supra. But I mean, let's be honest. The original Supra. Ugly. 
it, it's better looking than this. It's, I will tell you it's better looking than this. The original the Supra is thing, o- an oversimplified blob with a spoiler on it. The, well, There's that was no the, body that was line. The 90s. Now, Chris, that was there, the 90s. The, the 90s, and there, there are people out there listening right now that are truly passionate about that car. I understand that. It's okay to have your opinion. Was anybody but, truly <laughs> passionate about that car before it was in Fast and the Furious? Oh, yes. Oh, 100%. gosh, yeah. That was, on my, that was a poster on my wall, Okay, man. so... So to be clear, then the Supra is basically a Toyota soup, not a supercar, but a. So um, I'm going to rewind, too, okay, because that okay. was the fourth gen Supra that you're thinking of. That was the right. final iteration. The well, Supra that's what everybody thinks of when they think of Supra. Yeah, Nobody yeah, thinks yeah. about the other one, which is better looking. So there was there was obviously three generations before it. It started out as a Celica. So it was Toyota Celica Supra. This mm-hmm. was the super version of the Celica. Right. Right. And then they had the version two and three and then the version. Version four was just the Supra. Right. I like the version three. I think it's pretty cool. Yes. It looks like a um, a, uh, RX-7 FC a little bit. Yeah, a little Mm -hmm. bit. I really like the. And then, but they went from that to like, it looks like, you know, if you have like a silly putty Mm -hmm. and you make it into a ball and then you set it down and you walk away, you come back like 10 minutes later and it's like flattened out (laughs) and kind of went. Do you know what it looks a lot like? So I don't know. If you just cover up the headlights on it, on the fourth gen Supra, it looks like an SN95 Mustang. Oh, yes. So whatever. My point is, anyway, that's that's the 90s. So let's look at some of these comparisons. We're talking about the original one. So this is a new car. We're in 2019. This is a 2020 model, right? right, So so it should be like over the top amazing, right? Because it's $50,000. So the 1998 Supra Gen 4 Turbo had 320 horsepower. What did they cost? 315 foot-pounds of torque. I don't know. Okay. The new one has 15 more horsepower and 50 more at 40 more pounds of torque. That's it. It's like with that much time passed and the cost, it should be much more than that, especially in today's age when like, you know, the Hellcat is 700 some horsepower and everything so this else. Is, they cost $38,000 in 1998. Okay. But now inflate it. I'm going to. Okay. Zero to 60 time on the old one, 4.6 seconds. The new one is 4.1. Again, not that great. Right. They weighed 3,500 pounds back then. The new one weighs 33.9, which is, I guess, kind of impressive for today's market. $60,000. Wow. So it was more expensive. Okay, a little bit. But the point is, it's not that iconic or great. It doesn't really hold the torch into the next era. Here's the thing, You know what I mean? The chassis development of that, that car would probably destroy the 98 Supra in... In almost every category, especially well, this thing hasn't been tuned. Obviously, we can't talk about an aftermarket. That's not fair. Right. That's not fair at all. That's so in correct. terms of being on the track, braking, acceleration, everything else. Okay. It's going to be still not. People don't buy cars for well, that necessarily. Well, at least you can get it with a manual transmission. <laughs> you can't get it with a manual. You can't. There's no manual transmission option, which uh, is like deal breaker. It's deal an eight speed auto. So here's the other. Yeah, it's an eight speed auto. That's the other thing that everyone's up in arms about. So the other logical comparison, then we looked at the old one. I'm not that impressed with it. Okay, let's compare it to a Z4. That's what it's based off of. It should just smoke the Z4 then at least. So well, the engine, no, I'm sure BMW would never let that. Happen. Well, they didn't because the <laughs> new one makes, as we said, uh, 300 and what do they say? 65, Eight. 360, 335 horsepower. And the BMW makes 382 horsepower. So it's more powerful. Top speed. They're both limited. That doesn't matter. They both have the eight speed auto transmission. They're both rear wheel drive. 
the zero to sixty on the Supra is four point one seconds, and the Z four so is three point nine. So here's the big one, though: the weight, the weight that the Supra weighs. How much? Like two a hundred pounds more than the convertible Z four. Oh, jeez. Right. and they're uh, the same price. So this Chris, is this is stupid. Yeah, they're the same hey, price. With we all know, with a modest software tune. Yeah, but you can't. But so hey, you only you go can get once. you can get it. forty pounds or forty. I'm sorry, horsepower with a, a tune. Just look at it this way: What was BMW doing in '98? Right? What were they putting out compared to a Supra? Nothing really that would be like an right. icon. Right. I mean, they, they had the M3, obviously, and, and the M5 was coming down the road, but there was nothing that was going to be like a total icon of a car that would take an entire culture by storm. I and know. it's disappointing. What they should have done is they should have never done this. They, they should have never just, done this, or they should have released it as the like FT86 awesomeness, right? Like another, because it looks a little bit like the FT86 that they already have, the proportions right. of it. They should have called it something else and sold it for $10,000 cheaper. You can't bring a legend back if you're not going to at least meet it or surpass it. Exactly. And they didn't do either one. And, and I think that that's line, what it boils down to. It's so ugly. Like you just, <laughs> I was trying to figure out if like underneath the skin, it was great. It's not. Yeah, it's not just not a great looking car, which is which is too bad. And honestly, you, everybody's like, oh, the Supra is great, too. But it's not. It's also ugly. So I can kind of understand. I don't, that. This is more ugly today than the Supra was in its day. Probably true. hundred percent. You cannot deny that. Right. So on that note, I think we're going to close up shop. Sure. I think we're all done. Uh, an hour and a half episode today. I hope everybody enjoyed it. If you like the podcast, make sure that you tell your friends. Don't be selfish. They will like it, too. Thanks, Jeff, for coming in. We really appreciate appreciate you having here and educating us a little bit. Thanks for having me, guys. Place is great. Yeah, so uh, we'll see you guys next week. And uh, if you want to get that exclusive episode that we're going to be putting out next week, head over to patreon.com slash overcrest. That's patreon.com slash overcrest. All right, take care, guys. We'll see you next week. <laughs>